0: Grant that your church, instructed by their teaching and example, and knit together in unity by your spirit, may ever stand firm upon the one foundation, which is Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God.
1: A reading, a reading from the book of Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourse, and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: A reading from Paul's second letter to Timothy. In the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and in the view of of appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince, rebuke, encourage, and with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with the sound doctrine, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Carry out your ministry fully. As for me, I'm already being poured out as a limitation, and for the time of my departure has come, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but all those who have longed for his appearing. The word of the Lord.
3: Do you know that I-
4: May I speak to you in the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I was in fourth grade when someone introduced me to the books by C.S. Lewis about the imaginary country of Narnia. My life changed in ways that I don't fully understand even today because somebody introduced me to those books. I cannot explain to you how mind-shattering they were to me in ways that have made me the person I am today. When I read them, the stories about Aslan the lion and about the four children, Peter and Lucy and Edmund and Susan, about their cousins, Eustace and Jill, about uh, the stories of The Last Battle, the stories of uh, Tasha. Just, I thought they were the most extraordinary fairy tales I'd ever come across, and I loved them because they were fairy tales. I loved fairy tales when I was little. I loved stories about knights and dragons and swords and chivalry. I loved stories about people making vows. I loved stories about people who tried to do the right thing against incredible, complicating odds. It was inspiring. And in my mind, that was the world I lived in, and that's the kind of person I wanted to be. I would read them again about once every year. I'd treat myself to a week in the summer because it only took me a day to read each one of the books and I would just read them again to the point where I basically had them memorized. And I remember when even I was in high school, I would ride my bike down the hill from where we lived to this creek, we called it the creek, it was about 100 yards across, so probably anyone else in the world would have called it a river. And I'd, we lived near the Susquehanna, which was a mile across at that point and I'd ride my bike down to the creek and I would sit on the one bank and look across to the other side because there was no way to get to the other side. And that seemed to me a country that I couldn't reach and in my imagination, it was Narnia. And I would sit there, I'd sit there just laying in the grass waiting to see if I could see a unicorn or if I could see a a talking groundhog or, or something that would tell me that this world that I wanted to be true was really true. And I think it was my sophomore year in high school. I had a paper route. And I would come home from high school and I would get the papers together. I had the evening route, which was much better for my sleeping schedule. And I would, that was back in the day when you had a morning paper and an evening paper. And I would get the evening paper and I'd put it in my bag and I'd ride down along the river and I would put my uh, newspapers in people's mailboxes. I still, I know exactly where I was and I was thinking about the Narnia stories, I must have just reread them, and all of a sudden, like lightning, Aslan is Jesus. I'd never thought of it as an allegory. I had just been delighted in it as a story about chivalry and knights and, and wonderful deeds of bravery. Wait, 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 wait. If Aslan is Jesus, Peter is Peter oh and and i i I just sort of stopped dead and i started picking as like a, a a code breaker when you figure out how to break the code the first time you start figuring out all the messages that are contained in the story and and i realized that this was an incredible story about christian faith and i didn't tell anybody because it was just so powerful that it seemed like a secret that only i knew of course Everybody knew it and, and it turns out, by the way, that Lewis wrote those books for a niece, I think it's a niece of his, who was being confirmed. He wanted her to have an explanation of the faith that she was going to make promises to keep. And he wrote those books at the same time he was writing his book, Mere Christianity, which is a book that I read later in graduate school when I was realizing that physics was not my vocation, it was just something I happened to be good at and I was trying to figure out what my vocation really was. And when I read Mere Christianity, it's the same feeling. Oh, that's when he must have been writing about Car And that's when he must have been writing about the horse and his boy. And you begin to recognize that there is meaning and teaching in all of this. Now the thing is that those kinds of books, those kinds of stories, those kinds of movies, whatever they are for you, are the way we construct our mental map of who we are, right? You see yourself in those characters and you you internalize those conflicts and those journeys and that is who you are internally and it reflects who people see you as externally. So, I always saw myself as Peter because he was the oldest and I'm the oldest of four. And Peter had There were four in his family, two brothers and two sisters. I had three brothers and one sister, but my youngest brother, he was kind of, you know. So we thought of him, he's so young, it didn't really count that he wasn't Lucy. He still sort of did the things that she did in the story. And so I saw myself that way. And when Peter kills the wolf in the first book, that's just what I would do and I would clean my sword just like Peter cleaned his sword, and I would be brave in the face of battle, and I wouldn't turn away, I thought to myself. Ha, turns out, (laughs) Many years later, in another one of the startling moments of personal insight, I was in the discernment process to be the Bishop of Pittsburgh. It was the same time that I was in the discernment process to be the Bishop of Rhode Island. And I was trying to decide which process I would go forward with and, and was struggling my way through it. And I had been a priest in Pittsburgh. And while I had been in Pittsburgh, I had done something that I was very ashamed of. I had supported a man who became a bishop who ultimately tried to split the Episcopal Church. and And I carried a great deal of sort of I have self-responsibility for that and I never really forgave myself for it. And I was thinking about all that as we were in that discernment process and I was thinking about that, I was sitting here trying to decide would I really even wanna be a bishop? And all of a sudden it struck me, I'm not Peter at all, I'm Edmund. Remember Edmund, the one who betrays his brothers and sisters? the one who betrays Aslan into the hands of the White Witch and leads to his death, the one who is ashamed and cannot draw close to Aslan after Aslan comes back to life, and the one whom Aslan breathes on and restores. I'm not Peter, I'm Edmund. And Edmund is the one who in later books is known for his compassion and his wisdom and his ability to see that people are greater than the mistakes they've made in their lives and that they have potential to achieve things that they may not understand that they can. As part of that discernment process, I had dinner uh, with another of the candidates who was in Pittsburgh at the same time I was and we were talking about what it felt like to be back in Pittsburgh and what it felt like to be part of that discernment process. I said how complicated my emotions were about all this and how ashamed I was of the way I participated in, in that election and, and he looked at me and he's a person I really respected. This might have been the Bishop of Pittsburgh. I mean, That's a big deal. And he looked at me and said, you know, we, any of us would have done exactly the same thing. We all participated in that and we were all part of that mistake. And it was as if in that moment I was restored to a relationship with the church that I hadn't realized was harmed. It's a powerful moment, and I've never forgotten it. I don't think of myself as Peter anymore. I think of myself as Edmund, the screw-up. Edmund, the screw-up, who was restored. Edmund, who was wise and kind and compassionate. At least that's my new story of who I am in my mind. And and I'm sure I'll change it in a couple years, stick around, I'll be back, I'll preach another sermon. But, but I was thinking about all this as I was hearing the story of Peter in this gospel. Because remember how this goes. Peter and uh, Jesus are talking before the crucifixion and Jesus is saying, I am going to betray, be betrayed into the hands of sinners and I am going to die. And, and Peter says, no, they're not gonna kill you. We'll die before they let you. uh, We'll die before we let them kill you. And Jesus, oh, come on, you're going to betray me three times. I will not. Will too, within 12 hours. No. And then, you know how the story goes, right? He betrays him three times. Caught crows, 12 hours. Boom, done. And Peter runs out weeping. Because even Peter turns out not to be Peter. Peter turns out to be Edmund too. And the story we have in the gospel this morning is the story of how Jesus restored Peter to fellowship. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. And Peter gets angrier and angrier as he's realizing he has to do this, but it's part of what has to happen for him to be part of the community again. And he in fact, becomes such a powerful part of the community. He writes two of the most profound and deeply theological texts in the New Testament, the first and second letter of Peter. He proclaims the gospel in the world. He brings in a compromise that allows the Gentiles to enter the world. It's why we remember Peter and Paul on this day. Remember Paul? He's another Edmund as well, right? Great Pharisee, great mind, held the cloaks of the people as they stoned Stephen to death. And he's restored when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. Peter's an Edmund, Paul's an Edmund, and they both die. Peter chooses to be crucified upside down because he does not feel that he deserves the same manner of death as his master and Lord. But he's restored. And now he stands, we say, at the pearly gates and we'll meet him someday, right? But he's an Edmund. When you get there, just remember that. it's Probably good to keep in mind if you're feeling ashamed of stuff you've done in your life too. Because that's what we teach as Christians, that we're all ultimately Edmunds. Actually, we have within us the part of Peter, we have within us the part of Susan, of Lucy, and, and Lewis is doing a masterful job of weaving archetypes of human experience together and showing that we're really all of those things at once but the thing that should stick with us is we have the capacity within the church to be restored when we screwed something up. We say that, we believe it, but I wonder how many of us have internalized it for ourselves. Look, I'm a priest, I passed theological exams, I certified master of theology, and it still took me years to get to the point where I could internalize that in fact God could restore me into a relationship with the rest of the church that I didn't think I deserved. I'm sure there's some of you in this room right now who struggle with that too. I wish I had a magic phrase to tell you it's gonna go away. It, it, it will eventually, just be patient. But I'll bet you there are even more people in the neighborhood in this town who don't know that either, who are trying to bluff their way through lives, trying to convince others of their importance because they're terrified inside of how little they actually mean. And what would it be like if each one of us who has within us enough faith in God that we can find ourselves into this place imagining that it is possible for us to be restored to be able to take that faith out into the world so that the people who are too frightened to come in would know that they could come in as well, that they too could be restored into a new relationship with each one of us and more importantly into a new and healthier and life-giving relationship with God and with Jesus, that that's what Jesus is for, that restoration and that reconciliation. If you remember nothing else about confirmation classes, you remember nothing else about the books you've read and anything, just remember that, that we have the capacity as Christians to be forgiven. We have the capacity as Christians to be restored. You would think that would be something easy to believe. I tell you, if you don't already know it, it's the hardest thing to convince people is true. And that's the work that we do as a church. Convincing people that they are loved and they are forgiven. You are loved and you are forgiven. I say this to you as the Bishop of Rhode Island, a successor of Peter. You are restored. Amen.
5: Bishop, but we present...
0: You? I'm sorry, go ahead. It's a turn Yeah. 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 <laughs> so our service is continuing in the bulletin, and the candidates for confirmation will now be presented. Bishop, we present these persons for confirmation.
5: This question is asked of the persons to be confirmed today.
4: Do you reaffirm your renunciation of evil? I do. Do you renew your
0: commitment to Jesus Do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? We will.
4: Then I invite those who can stand to stand and join with those who are committing themselves to Christ as we renew our own baptismal covenant.
0: Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of the
6: Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate,
0: I believe in God the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church,
4: the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the
6: resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
4: Will you continue in the Apostles' teaching and fellowship, <laughs> in the breaking of the bread, and in the prayers? I will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil? <clears throat> and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people, and respect the dignity of every human being? I will with God's help. Let us now pray for those who have renewed their commitment to Christ.
5: Deliver them, O oh Lord, from the ways of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open their hearts to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill them with your holy and life giving Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep them in the faith and communion of your holy Church. Lord, hear our prayer them to love others in the power of the Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send them into the world in witness to your love.
0: Lord, hear our prayer.
5: Bring them to the fullness of your peace and glory.
0: Lord, hear our
5: prayer.
4: It's a really important prayer. And I want to make sure I get. Uh, okay. That's my fault. I'm supposed to prove these things, and clearly I fail at proving Let's back it up. Page
0: 413.
4: I have this memorized because I do it so much. Right? Now, you've noticed how we prayed those prayers? Mm-hmm. Right, so, here, listen to this is list. <laughs> Almighty God, we thank you. That by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you have overcome sin and brought us to yourself. And that by the sealing of your Holy Spirit, you have bound us to your service. Renew in these, your servants, the covenant you made with them at their baptism. Send them forth in the power of that Spirit to perform the service you set before them through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord Strengthen, O Lord, your servant, Catherine DeWitt, garner with your Holy Spirit. Empower her for your service and
3: sustain her all the day. Lord, your servant, Michael David, with your Holy Spirit. Empower him for your service and sustain him all the days of his life. Amen. Amen. Let us pray.
4: Almighty and ever-living God, Let your fatherly hand ever be over these your servants. Let your Holy Spirit ever be with them, and so lead them in the knowledge and obedience of your word, that they may serve you in this life and dwell with you in the life to come. Through Jesus
3: Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you.
5: Please be seated. Again, Bishop, welcome to St. Peter. We're glad to have you this morning. And to our Dean this morning, Jim Killinger, it's nice to have you with us as well. A couple of announcements. Hall, There is lots of food. So I thank everyone who has brought food. Now I'm going to ask everyone to eat that food, including the choir. Uh, so please join us in the parish hall. The vestry, we will meet, um, I've got down about 12 o'clock-ish uh, in the conference room after the uh, time in the parish hall with the bishop and um, that will be our time together. Looking ahead in this week's e-news and coming out in hard copy is a uh, schedule for the upcoming Brothers Keepers concert. We've got a wonderful schedule of performers starting in July. They'll be on Wednesday evenings. Tickets will be $25 a piece. There are opportunities for patrons and sponsors to help us defray the cost of our performers. The more money we bring in that way, the um, more money the tickets can bring in for the community market. Our goal is 100% of ticket sales to support the community market. Uh, Jody has also brought back the violinist, Glenn Basham, who is the concert master at the Naples uh, Philharmonic in Naples, Florida. So this a wonderful series of concerts coming up. So please mark your calendar. Tickets are available through Eventbrite, And you can find those links either on the calendar on our website, in the e-net, and also on Facebook. So don't tell me you don't know where to find tickets. (laughs) (laughs) They're all over the place. So uh, tickets available through online resources throughout our social media. Our uh, distribution of communion will take place in station. There will be the bishop with the bread distributed in the middle and then Jim and I on either side with a chalice for intinction. we're uh, not quite used to having so many, so I think what we're gonna begin with is two of us right here the steps to the choir to receive, and then we'll go down to the crossing for the congregation to receive from there. Does that work, Tony? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you guys hear a in that spot. Also, to Tony and to the choir, a huge note of gratitude for coming together these last three weeks and putting together what I say is your first and last performance in (laughs) the (laughs) season. A round of applause (laughs) to everyone for that. And as always, our flowers and the adornment of our altar does not come just because some little gnome comes in and sets that up for us every week. It's the hard work of Beth Clark. So Beth, thank you so much for the special arrangements. <laughs> and one other note of trivia, because it will be in the parish trivia. Does anyone know how old the fish are on the altar? <laughs> They are two years old. They were bought two years ago for the same event. Uh, and Elizabeth Delgizzo took them home and has nourished them and kept them going. So the first time we recycled our fish for two years. So pretty amazing. So Elizabeth, we'll give you that as a miracle. So it's one miracle. And one. Okay. So on that fishy note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice for God right here is
0: This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink, do
3: this, or remember.
0: and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And for the last day, hey, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask for your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, our glory, your glory, O Almighty Father, now and forever. Mm-hmm.